Well, today on the Unboxable Podcast, I am inviting a beautiful old school friend of mine called Dr. Jodie Lowinger to come into the Soul Mama Hub and tell us all about her work. Jodie, who has a lot of fancy letters after her name and got a university medal at University of New South Wales, University of Sydney, went to Harvard Medical School, is the creator and best-selling author of the Mind Strength Method. It's a groundbreaking methodology that helps organizations, schools, and individuals optimize performance, build resilience, and prevent anxiety, stress, and burnout. Jodie is really a remarkable woman. She's a global keynote speaker. She's a performance and mindset coach to CEOs, executives, organizations. She works with top corporates, Amazon, Google, Atlassian. The list goes on and on. She's an award-winning doctor of clinical psychology. And not only has she worked and trained at Harvard, she's also a leading expert in building high-performance mindset through conquering anxiety, fear, and building resilience. She has this really unique combination of like a deep scientific understanding of what drives human behavior, but also decades of helping organizations succeed. So she's a really unique kind of thing, Jody, and she's on the media a lot down here in Australia and globally. She's also a coach for business strategy, and she's the founder of the Anxiety Clinic, where she has a team of therapists. So as you can hear, Jody is really not no slouch. She's no lightweight. But what's remarkable about this conversation is that through all of her studies and all of her years of clinical practice, she's flying the same flag as I am through my years of personal development and personal experience. And really, we are talking about exactly the same principles, her in her work and me in mine, as the mentor of my membership and as the mentor of women and mothers in business and experiencing burnout and really feeling frustrated that they can't approach their bigger dreams, often because they are held back by things like anxiety, stress, low mood, and burnout, the same things that Jody treats. So I'm absolutely thrilled to present this to you today, and I think you will really enjoy this conversation. There's a lot of high value in here also for you from Jody and her advice about what to do when we hit those lows and when we hit burnout and how to navigate it. So please enjoy this episode of the Unboxable Podcast. Well, hey there, mother lovers. This is Elena Turley, your host, and welcome to the Unboxable Podcast, a place for mothers who are seeking holistic health and maybe a new way to look at a few things. Please enjoy this episode. Hello. Hello. I'm excited to welcome Jodie Lowinger. Do I say Lowinger? You say Lowinger. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Beautiful. Well, Jodie, we have our own personal connection from the past. So I'm yeah. thrilled to welcome you on the Unboxable podcast. Jodie and I went to school together and it's really nice to see you, Jodie. Yeah, it's so lovely to see you. You know, it's kind of, you have certain connections where the time just kind of disappears and you just pick up where you left off and you're the kind of person that I really feel that sort of connection with. And I'm so excited to chat today. Me too, darling. Exactly the same. I was thrilled that you could carve out some time to come and visit us. And maybe you can't see this if you're not watching the video, but Jodie looks exactly the same as I remember. <laughs> Slightly blonder. 
Honestly, I was thinking exactly the same about <laughs> you. You look amazing and it's so beautiful. Really, really wonderful to connect. Yeah, you too. And we're like 50-ish, not giving anything away, but how amazing. So Jody, I always like to start our chats on this podcast with who are you, where are you, and what are you passionate about? What do you love? What do I love is I, I kind of jump out of bed because I've designed my life to be aligned to something that I am passionate about. And that is really helping people to flourish and thrive. And in my area of expertise, which is in anxiety, but really mindset and resilience. So anxiety, when you understand anxiety and understand our drivers of human behavior, you can really help people to align to their greatest version of themselves professionally and personally. So that is absolutely what I love. Fantastic. And whereabouts are you coming to us from today, Jody? I am in Sydney in Bondi Junction specifically, but how beautiful is it these digital connects where you can yeah. jump in with people and then you kind of think, where are you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> are you in Australia? Or we were talking about the virtual backgrounds before. Are you in the Bahamas? Oh, I know. <laughs> I love those Bahamas backgrounds. It just takes so me into good. the into a zen zone. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Really good. I'm just so excited to hear more. I mean, I've been following your story a little bit as we do on socials and it looks like you have been making a really massive impact. Now, I have a certain insight into this that maybe most people don't have in that I knew you when you were a teenager and yeah. I've got to say you've always had a quality about you, Jody, that has been very genuine and very heartfelt. And we have a similar cultural background also, which maybe brings in some intergenerational appreciations for human connection. Maybe I'm just postulating. Tell me, how did you come to do the work that you do? What led you to it? Well, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. Our, you know, I, it's interesting what's what's environmental triggers for anxiety, what's genetic triggers for anxiety and and what creates who we are. But let's say an, a, a background riddled with trauma, a, a Holocaust background where my mum was born into a labour camp and was was taken away from her parents when she was just really little and so so grew up with anxiety so i grew up with anxiety and you know the byproduct of that is living in sort of an anxious little world as a child and as an adolescent as well and really understanding the challenges of anxiety and and you know developing a deep empathy for the experience of anxiety through my own life experiences and you know i i like to say that now it's i really understand the the superpower of anxiety as well so yes it's 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 that double edged sword that really brings with it a deep sense of empathy and kindness and compassion but does come with its challenges as well Gosh, I relate to so much of what you said, Jody. And I wouldn't have said that maybe when I knew you in the past, I wouldn't have said that we would have known that each other were going through such similar things. Yeah. I also had that and in a different way, of course, personally, but similar and mm -hmm. different responses to it than you maybe, but very similar. Spent a lot of my time 
as a teenager, very anxious, as a child, very anxious, although I didn't know to call it that. Mm. And I didn't know what it was. And I think at that time, it wasn't treated as such. And it was only for me years and years later, when a GP said, I think you should go on antidepressants. And I was like, why? Genuinely confused. And she said, well, you know, I think maybe you've got some tendencies. And I, I sort of said, well, I've never labelled it. You know, like I had had a million quite unhealthy responses to it in my earlier life, but as a young adult with, you know, struggling with substances and things like that. But it's just really interesting the different ways that we respond and the ways that maybe we didn't understand what we were going through at the time as such. And so when did you come to call it anxiety? Was that something you always knew? No, not at all. I think when when would I call it anxiety? Probably two days ago. <laughs> no, I think, you know, I think we, we're just on this constant path of self-discovery. And I, I would say that you, you recognize the experiences, but you don't, you know, you don't necessarily know. And, and so, but understanding anxiety is really something that is very, it is very logical. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So, yeah, so now I've moved from anxiety into action, which is what I like to to call it. And yeah, just helping to leverage my own experiences, but also the motivation that came from, from my own experiences to do a very, very deep dive into training. So clinical training. So that was seven years of clinical training to become a doctor of clinical psychology and working at Harvard and and doing specialized doctoral research in anxiety to now really leverage my personal experiences and my my professional training to be able to help many, many other people. Today's episode is brought to you by the Soul Mama Academy. It is a safe space online for mothers only, and it is specifically there for women to access a community, a nurturing community that provides a gentle accountability and encourages you to walk step by step, small choice by small choice towards a holistic and healthy lifestyle. It just allows you to become more relaxed, have more fun and show up as the best mum possible. Visit www.com soulmamaacademy.com s-o-u-l-m-a-m-a-a-c-a-d-e-m-y nice one ladies so tell me what form that helping people takes now first of all congratulations i had no idea that you had actually studied at harvard that's incredible i personally come to these podcast interviews with very little research and the reason that i do that is just quite frankly, because I like people to tell their story and I like to be surprised when I hear it. And I don't want to be boxed in by what's on the internet. I want to hear you tell your story. Mm. So that must have been incredible. How was that for you? Did you actually travel over there? Yeah, I spent an extended amount of time in Boston and really loved it and worked with incredible human beings and worked in multidisciplinary teams at Boston Children's Hospital as well as Harvard Medical School. And it was such a profoundly exciting and inspiring experience. And then working and training across Sydney University and New South University and, you know, just really finding my passion, going to parties saying, I love anxiety. <laughs> People looking at me like I'm the strangest person in the world. But yeah, and I suppose... 
creating, just wanting to share my voice to be able to help adults, kids and teens through my experience of developed a methodology that really does work across all human beings and all ages. So it's just such a, an exciting time in in my life and in my professional trajectory to be able to share tools that really do um, help to transform lives. That's amazing. I'm thrilled to be able to amplify the work you're doing. I think it's very important. And I'd like to ask you a question. It's maybe putting you on the spot slightly, but I'm thinking about the women who listen to this podcast, generally mothers, generally going through a time in their lives when they're under a lot of pressure. Mm. What would you say is a good way to identify if anxiety is at play in early motherhood, say the first 10 years of motherhood? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there are so many faces to anxiety and a lot of these are unrecognized or underrecognized. You know, anxiety is our fight or flight. So it's our physiological reaction to perceived threat in our environment or worry stories. And oftentimes, if we dig a little deeper, it's tapping into our underlying common discomfort with uncertainty. And so motherhood is a time that is filled with uncertainty and especially you know individuals who who care that's when it it can come to the fore because you want to make sure that everything goes well and everyone is safe and everyone is protected and so these are our you know really talking to key anxiety triggers the overwhelm of uncertainty ultimately and it does show up in many different forms. So when anxiety, when we are struggling with uncertainty, so we have these worry stories which take over our brain and it stimulates adrenaline and cortisol in our bloodstream to set up our body to, to fight or to run because it's our body responding to these worry stories as if they're real threats. So anxiety, we can notice worry thoughts. We can notice how it comes up in our body physiologically, whether it's escalating heart rate or tingling or tummy aches or muscle tension or whatever it is that's coming up physiologically but also behaviorally there are many signs often it's it can be avoidance or it can be overthinking or it can even be procrastination or it can be attack you know because this is fight or flight these are the many faces Sometimes there's a real need for certainty and control. So it can be perfectionism or overchecking or seeking reassurance. All of these, even if it's attack, because short fuse to frustration or agitation, not to mention the exhaustion that's overlaying, these are often just signs that you care enormously and you just want things to go well. So moving out of fight or flight and moving into kindness and compassion for yourself and for you know, the challenges that come with, with motherhood is a really wonderful, important first step that you can say, am I actually looking after myself? Am I responding to these challenges with kindness for myself, as opposed to the constant giving that we typically do for, for people who care? That's so true. This is the work that I do. So this is where our work intersects. Interestingly, I do spend a lot of time supporting women with community and yes. also with resources to help them move into that state of self-compassion and begin to, I guess, just sort of really one by one, little bit by little bit, untangle the strands of what part of this is 
really important for me today? And what part of this is maybe coming from some sort of thing that I need to do more of, drink water, eat good food, you know, the basic just fundamental things that we can do to support our own health? What part of it is a a perceived social pressure or a cultural conditioning? Because with motherhood, there is a lot of social pressure and cultural conditioning. Mm. What part of it is my anxiety coming into play? And I think when you're in the middle of all of those things, it can be so confusing and so difficult to label and so difficult to address. Mm. And what I love about the description you just gave is that it's clear. It's very clear. Mm. I'm in fight or flight. Mm. This is my anxiety showing up in this particular way with this particular face today. Mm. And it does change so much day to day. There's no kind of one answer here. And I think that's why we need the support of people like you and your ideas. Oh, thank you. And you know, it's, it's, I want people to feel really hopeful and empowered because it's, these things are really, these challenges and deep distressing challenges. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's mild, whether it's moderate or whether it's severe. It is, it's every human being's right to seek out the help that they need and we have to smash stigma and shame that says we have to be perfect in order to be good enough and recognize, feel hopeful because with the right strategies, whether they're mental health strategies or just at, well, part of mental health strategies is, as you so beautifully put, respecting the mind-body connection, but everything is helpable. And you know what you're doing with building this beautiful community, that's one of the most powerful things that you can do is lean into the power of connection, lean into the power of shared experiences and shared vulnerability and and just say it is okay to not be okay. I'm feeling shit right now and I need help. So who can I turn to? And how can I treat myself with kindness and compassion and lean into the help that I need? I absolutely love hearing you say this from a clinical perspective, because to me, this is intuitively so clearly what a lot of us lack, especially during early motherhood. And yet it is one of the most powerful things, as you say, that I can imagine to do to support women at that point. But what's also really interesting about what you were saying, and I say this quite a lot as well, and one of my mentors also says it quite a lot. You're not broken. You just need the right support. And oh, I couldn't agree more. It's so like, powerful. So powerful. And you know, I'm I'm about to give a TED a TEDx talk, and yeah. TEDx talk is on on very much about this. And and it's about just taking anxiety. Well, this is sort of one element of it, but taking anxiety out of a medicalized frame and bringing it into a human a human frame. We are so all in this together and that's just an amazing thing when we can recognize as human beings we actually respond in very similar ways and 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 that's and and when we can recognize that we are all in this together and that it's not weak to feel it's human to feel and taking it to that extra level to say those of you who experience anxiety are typically the kindest, most caring human beings on this planet. So it is absolutely a superpower. We we want to just smash stigma and shame and say vulnerability is okay, discomfort is okay, and there are really wonderful scientifically supported strategies to help. 
That's amazing. And the, it's so fascinating to hear that we've come to this similar place, you and I, you know, through very different pathways. But I think that's beautiful what you're saying about the superpower aspect. And I'm excited for you to talk more about this in your work and in your TED Talk. And I'll definitely be tuning in for that. And I believe also you have a book to tell us about, which I really want to know more about. You started writing when, Jodie? Oh, thank you. I, I started writing, it was well and truly pre-COVID. So I, I through my work as a high performance coach and as a clinical psychologist, developed a methodology called the Mind Strength Method, which helps people to flourish and thrive. So it's called the Mind Strength Method, Four Steps to Curb Anxiety, Conquer Worry and Build Resilience. It launched in COVID, which feels really weird because it was not a COVID book and the fact that we have been experiencing next level anxiety in the challenges of the last three few years. Yeah, and it's helping lots and lots of people. It's an Aussie bestseller, which I'm thrilled to bits about. And but it's it's basically my therapy in a book. It's it's my and it's self-narrated in audiobook for those of you who oh, like great. audiobooks. But it's it's just a, you know, I wanted to share when there's a really, there's a shortfall of skilled mental health professionals now and lots of people struggling and not being able to get access to the help that they need. So there's lots of case studies in there, whether it's for adults, men, women, children, and teens Great. to just really help people with practical tools. Oh, that's fantastic. I work with teens also, so I'll definitely be having a look at that. Mm-hmm. I also, incidentally, I'm a martial artist. I'm approaching a black belt grading. So it's very interesting to me that you've called the book or your methodology Mind Strength. I think that's fascinating. You're talking about having feelings and you're also talking about mental strength and resilience. Can you give me a little bit more of a insight into the interplay of those factors? Absolutely. And I love that you, you've done self-defense to such a magnificent level. I, it's another area that we share. (laughs) Great. What do you do? Oh gosh, I haven't done it for a while, but it's called Krav Maga. Oh, great. Do you know Krav Maga? It's kind of street fighting, but pretty. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that I can, that, that really resonates with me because mine is get down and dirty and, and not nearly as, as polished as what you've done, but the mind body connection and the strength that comes from self-defense is, you know, I attribute my, you know, psychological strength oftentimes to that training that I've had is, is really wonderful. I would really encourage anyone out there to do some physical, physical training like that. As far as resilience goes, Resilience is our power to choose how we respond in any situation and to move out of struggle and realign to the things that matter most, realign to your heart, realign to your values. And that's core to the mind strength methodology is a toolkit to take yourself out of fight or flight and realign to your values ultimately. And that's the essence of resilience. That's the essence of also what enables individuals to achieve high performance and to flourish and thrive both professionally and personally. So true. My goodness me. And I guess the challenge for the women, I guess, listening to this from that space of I'm in the trenches of motherhood. I don't have a minute to read a book. I don't have a minute to look up. I'm in fight or flight 10 times a day. What do you say to those people? What do you say if they can't come and see you or a professional? What would you say to them? 
I love to say, you know, people who care want to do things perfectly oftentimes. And I know that's a sweeping generalization, but also the belief that unless I do things perfectly, it's not going to be good enough. And we have to smash that because that's actually fear-driven in and of itself. Yes. And, you know, that's driven out of a need for certainty. And so I love to say small is better than not at all. Yes. And in fact, small is exactly what matters most. So when we're feeling really crappy and, you know, low mood is kicking in, low mood or depression says, don't bother, you're not worth it. Don't don't even put those sports shoes on because you're not worth it. And, you know, it's that one small step that will make a big difference. So if it means walking to the end of your block and back or just you know, connecting with one person who you feel safe with, who is in your tribe, you know, doing one small thing to look after yourself, one small act of kindness for yourself. It doesn't matter how small, but consistency is the most important thing. So consistency rather than quantity, and you are absolutely worth it to look after yourself. We have to stand up to that black cloud that says, you know, that black low mood cloud that says that you're not worth it. It's hard. It's hard taking those initial steps, but it does build momentum and that's what matters most. So yeah, small steps each day is really powerful. Oh, I love so much hearing you say that. I also say something very similar quite often, small changes over time. I really like to normalize again this is something I've heard from mentors lots of different people in the last couple of years particularly that really normalizing slow progress that if anything that we've learned over the last few years it's got to be that slowing down is okay not only okay but very nourishing and nurturing Mm. and it's the same with these sorts of things you're talking about that we don't have to do some big thing and expect some big result that actually the gold is in teeny tiny changes sustained over time as best you can with huge helpings of self-compassion and that means if you go for your walk today and you don't go for your walk tomorrow that does doesn't mean it's all gone to crap. It just means you didn't go for a walk today and you can start again tomorrow. And it's that kind of stuff, you know. Yes, the superpower of kindness. And, you know, kind people think that we, you know, we need to extend that kindness outwards and then we become big hypocrites because we're not extending <laughs> it inwards. No. Um, so true. Like, well, I value kindness. Well, why aren't you being kinder to yourself? Yes. And, you know, we do this all the time. I do this all the time. I'm, I'm really, you know, I've got to change my bullshit story of yes. I'm not good at self-care because that's because what, what do I have ultimate control over is self-care. And so we have to stand up to those stories that say extend outwards, give outwards, give outwards mm. because otherwise you're not good enough. You know, these are the things that we have to stand up to though, that critical voice or those worry stories that say do more, be more, should be more and really hold ourselves accountable to, to kindness and compassion for ourselves. And as you say, if that means, you know what, today I'm just, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to yeah. space. I'm going to stop. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to slow down. Yeah. That is, that's, that's kindness. That's kindness. It's what, what's driving your behavior at any particular moment is what matters most. Yeah. Um, that there's no rush. 
you know, like that we'll get there in time and that often it's actually the process and the becoming that is the golden, the real golden stuff anyway. It's not actually destination-based. It's a, it's experience-based, our life, you know. It's every given moment. And I think it's really easy and I don't blame anybody for getting caught up in this kind of progress emphasis that we have in our culture, in our society, that it's about what have you achieved and what have you done today and, you know, all those things. And it's that classic, what have I done today? Well, I've grown small humans, you know, from others. It's like it's probably the biggest and most important work in the world, but it's not always valued or seen as such culturally. And I think that's changing. I hope to think that's changing. I'm I'm calling it the mother love movement. That's my word for what's happening now as we start to value and really shine a light on the value of care, which I think you're doing as well. Oh, absolutely. The value of care, the value of self-care, the value of connection, the value of vulnerability and authenticity, you know, these are superpowers. And when we can just embrace our humanity and recognize we're not robots, let's get out of striving and get into thriving. I know that sounds really cliched, but but striving, striving, striving. Boy, push, 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 push. That's fight or flight, and that's exhausting. Yes, and and you know the fast-paced world, the social media, reinforcing a myth of needing to be perfect in order to be good enough. All of this sort of stuff makes it really tough on all humans, and really, really tough on on parents. Really tough on new parents, on new mums, because you know it just feeds the the sense of striving. Yes. And comparing ourselves to others and feeling not good enough in that comparison because everybody, you know, pre- presenting their perfect selves on social media. Mm. And it's fascinating too, what, a lot of what you just said, that the superpowers you're mentioning are also often human rights and human yeah. needs. So human yeah. rights and human needs in the sense that it is every single human's need to be nurtured. It yeah. is every single human's need to be authentic. If you think about somebody who makes has an experience that is othered in our society, whatever that is, they will tell you more than anybody else that you feel the need to be yourself no matter what, even if it means being shunned, even if it means being different. If you are a certain way, you feel driven to be that person that is a human need of authenticity showing up and I think it's fascinating we also have this you know need for belonging we need to belong in communities if we feel like we don't belong in our community or we're not accepted by our community which is often self-imposed beliefs or self-initiated or self-perpetuated beliefs then that can be very distressing and I think so many times we can get caught up in the idea that we are not doing things well enough or not doing things in the way they're supposed to be or more perfect or whatever it is. And that can give us a sense that we are separate, but actually we need and desire to be in and to be part of and to belong. 100%. It's, it's, it's our most fundamental human need is to belong as tribes. The outliers of the tribes got eaten by the tigers. So mm-hmm. we, we need to be part of that tribe. And, and so it's really important to further the power of connection. And our other human right is assertiveness and, mm. you know, our right for empowered action, our right to look after ourselves, to find our voice and respect our own, our own needs while still respecting the needs of others. And that's called to 
to being assertive. It is our, it is our right as human beings. The challenge is assertiveness does not come easily to us. And we find it very difficult to be assertive. Our brain is wired to fight and it's wired to run. So we jump into passive or we jump into aggressive and it's, and we don't find our authentic empowered voice in that space because we don't want to be aggressive. Um, and so we jump to passive and assertiveness is our right. That's so true. I actually had a text message this week about my young daughter and she was invited to something in the holidays, but it was like a camp thing and she doesn't like it, you know, and I had to say, thank you so much for the invite, but no, she doesn't like that. And even when I said, no, she doesn't like that, I was checking myself. I was like, is that okay to say it like that? Am I being too assertive? Is that rude? Is that, and that's me. I'm pretty good with boundaries. I'm pretty across this stuff, but still... I still had that sense. I really noticed it in myself that I was fascinated and you've just explained it for me that it's not natural in a way for us to be that way, is it? It's something we have to learn. Really, absolutely, absolutely. And and overlaying it with the socialisation of especially, you know, if we talk to gender stereotypes and ridiculous, ludicrous socialisation into this needs to be that and that needs to be yes. that. And so we've got the, the dual challenge of ridiculous socialization, which thankfully society is, is standing up to in, a, in an empowered way, which is amazing. But the challenge that assertiveness for, for anyone doesn't really come naturally. Mm. And so, but the beauty is this, there are strategies and there are tools. And as we take steps out of our comfort zone, it becomes our new normal and it becomes our new comfort zone. Yes, um, And so these are all doable things. Not easy to do, but certainly doable. But doable. Well, I love, it's so wonderful to hear more about your work firsthand. And I would love you to tell our listeners exactly how they can find you and your book, please, Jodie. Oh, thank you. That's really beautiful. So I wear, I wear a number of different hats. One of my businesses is called The Anxiety Clinic, which is a clinical psychology practice or helping adults, kids, and teens with anxiety, stress, low mood, and burnout. So if you jump into the anxietyclinic.com.au, that is one of the ways you can find me. Awesome. But otherwise, mindstrength.com.au is my other business, and that's as a high-performance coach and as an author and as a keynote speaker, or drjody.com.au is also where you can find me. So. Fantastic. High <laughs> performance coach. If only I'd known. My black belt's in three weeks. Probably a bit late to get you on board. <laughs> so I might well, have like come a, to see you. Well, as you know, our mindset, when we're talking about, you know, black belts and Olympians, it's the mindset strategies alongside those physical strategies that enable that next percent in performance. So I'd be happy to take this offline, but I'm sure you've got it absolutely in the bag there. Um, oh, thank you, <laughs> Jody. I'm not sure about that. Part of part of what I've been learning about preparing for a black belt, and I'm doing a lot of mental preparation, but it's that you are not always feeling ready, that you don't have to feel ready to do your best. And that's been a really interesting learning for me this week, that taking action scared you know, like going right to the edge of your comfort zone and just beyond it involves exactly as you say, getting used to a sense of uncertainty and unknownness and, and doing it anyway, you know, and that's a really interesting level that I've just sort of reached. I'm sure there's a few more coming. 
<laughs> oh, that's just absolutely magnificent. I wish you the very, very best Thank in that you. incredible goal. Thank um, you so much, darling. And I'm going to be taking your book to my members. I think we might have to do a month on it. I do like to take certain books and just really do deep dives with the members of my community and help them access the wisdom. So I think that would be a great topic for us. Oh, with absolute joy sharing that it is my gift to, to the world. So I hope you, you. all love that. Thank you, Jody. We'll wrap it up there. And thank you very much for spending this with us this time. Lovely to connect. Take care, everyone. This podcast is produced independently and made just for you. So if you have enjoyed it, please do leave me a review and you can put in the review a request for a topic or even a nomination for a particular guest if you would like me to interview someone in particular. Thank you so much for your support. If you really love it, uh, you can also share it and subscribe to it and follow it. See you soon.